Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's March 21st, 2019. My name is Abigail Freeman, and I'm the Assistant Managing Editor of the U News Service. Our Managing Editor, Sophie Will, couldn't join us today because she is in meetings, but I am joined by our Business Editor, Dave Sebastian. We are going to play back an interview with Dave about his experience reporting on Harvard yesterday. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me, Abby. Basically, can you break down the story for us? Sure. So um, this morning, a online lawsuit came uh, like against Harvard from... This woman from um, like Norwich, Connecticut, named um, Tamara um, Lanier, she filed a lawsuit um, accusing Harvard of um, profiting from photos of two slaves who were her um, like ancestors um, back in the 1800s. Wow. And the photos were discovered in 1976, and they were basically photos of two shirtless um, slaves, and they have glossed over cover pages and also been displayed at various um, exhibitions and also museums. Um, so that's why she's accusing Harvard of profiting from these photos. And she has tried to um, retrieve those photos um, because it's basically pictures of her family members. And right. um, the lawsuit said that Harvard did not respond to that and still m- insisted on keeping those pictures. And Dave, can you tell us more about the two individuals in these photos? Um, what's some background info on them? Sure. So the two photos were taken in 1850, and one of them is of a man named um, Congo Renti, and the other one is of his um, daughter, um, Delia. And they both posed um, shirtless, and they um, like, um, like allegedly were forced to do so in a photo shoot in Columbia, South Carolina. And it was commissioned by this Harvard professor named Louis um, Agassiz. And he supported this theory of polygenism, which um, maintains that blacks are um, inferior to white people. And that's the main reason why this whole thing is pretty um, controversial. Commissioning of the photo shoot itself is problematic in the um, plaintiff's eyes. And that is why this lawsuit came about, because they feel like the entire photo shoot is problematic and Harvard has been profiting off of it. So do you know how she found out about Harvard having the photos? So it's been there for quite a while. Again, these pictures were discovered in 1976 by a researcher at the Harvard PBD um, Museum. Um, And that researcher actually um, expressed some concerns about the museum keeping those photos because they were basically um, the ancestors of um, current African Americans, and but the uh, like, but Harvard decided to still keep those pictures, and so all around in like on um, like covers of books and also wow. um, various pamphlets of conferences. So this woman, um, Tamara Lanier, filed a lawsuit against Harvard. I just can't even imagine discovering something like this. And um, it's very interesting that Harvard hasn't responded yet. Right. So I reached out to Harvard um, as I wrote a story, and they basically said that they have nothing to comment as of now because they haven't received the um, copy of the lawsuit. 
um, so we don't know yet about what their stance is on this. Okay. Yeah. And did you speak with like a Harvard spokesperson? Um, again, he declined to comment and like that, identify that, who he was even. I, 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 um, well, he gave me his name, but okay. we only email each other and okay, that's what happened. Cool. So how do you recommend going about a story like this? Um, basically for those who don't know the context of our editorial team, um, Sophie basically pinged all of us with this breaking news story. Um, I was writing a paper and had my phone down and wasn't available, but thankfully Dave was, um, and he jumped on it. And we really wanted to get the story out as soon as possible, but at the same time, Dave knew that he wanted to reach out to Harvard. Um, so Dave, how do you recommend, you know, how long should a writer hold off on running a story? Um, and should they wait for someone to get back to them before running a breaking news story? I don't think so. I mean, breaking news, like you're trying to put the word out as soon as possible. So just write whatever you can, as fast as you can. Um, and Make sure it's and, accurate, of and, course. And accurate, of course. <laughs> and put it out, and you can always update the story afterwards. And that's what I did in this case, because the Harvard spokesperson only got back to me after I published the story. Okay. So that came in around like an hour after I published the um, initial story about a lawsuit. Okay, and you did include that you had contacted them, right? Yes. Okay, in the in the first publish. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's very helpful, and I think it's interesting to see how this story will develop. I'm sure we'll keep an eye on it. Definitely. Do you think that we could possibly get in touch with the woman who is suing Harvard? Do you think that would be the next step for us as we develop the story? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm... Um, I was aware that some news um, outlets got in touch with the women, mm -hmm. but it's just like as students, we just had time limitations. And so true. So that would be a great idea for a second day story Okay. sometime this week. Yeah, I agree. We just have less clout to work with <laughs> um, as student journalists because it's much easier to have a source get back to you when you have a big name like you know, the Boston Globe, WBUR, whatever exactly. it may be, um, as opposed to Boston University News Service. Um, do you have any tips for how we can stand out to sources amongst, because I'm sure that a lot of publications were reaching out to the Harvard person today. Um, do you have any tips on like how to entice them to get back to you as right. quickly as possible? So when I write my emails, I don't usually... Um name myself as a student journalist like I would just say that I'm Dave Sebastian from BU News Service and they can just figure it out that BU News Service is a student <laughs> publication without actually identifying it in the email so that usually helps I think yeah um, essentially don't like downplay yourself yeah definitely. Because, because you're still a journalist and you just gotta put yourself out there um, and be persistent and just keep calling people yeah, so if he hadn't gotten back to you within an hour, did you have kind of a game plan I would, to continue contacting him? Yeah, I would basically call the media relations office, call other like relevant sources. Okay. That's what I would do. And um, how did you find this person's contact information? Pretty simple. I mean, like Harvard obviously has its own media relations office. I right. Googled media relations Harvard and I called their office. And I'm pretty sure they were, like, overwhelmed by requests, so they immediately sent me into the email. Okay. And that's what happened. 
and he got back to me within an hour. Understood. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's important to note that, you know, it's always great to get someone on the phone, but if you can't like email works as long as you let the reader know that it was in an email or whatever. I mean, it's just as good as getting someone on the phone. Exactly. So. Yeah. All right. Well, great job on this story. Um, and to our readers, we will definitely follow up on it as soon as we can. And thanks for listening, everyone. Um, feel free to join us tonight at our pitch meeting at 6.30 in COM 321. We'd love to hear your ideas. Um, or if you would like to take a stab at this story, we're open to that as well. So once again, thanks for tuning in and have a great day.